0: Kadara. Erin, we made it.
1: <laughs>
0: Perseverance pays.
1: <laughs> I am so happy you're here. We met through the beautiful Lorelei, uh, and I'm so thrilled to introduced us. Uh, Kadara Laurel has been. Involved in metaphysics for over 40 years, and I can tell you now, staring at her photo, she has the most beautiful, wise, compassionate face, because we've never met in person, and now we are having an audio interview, which is going to be making me a little bit nervous, because kadara is also a clear audience, which we will talk about later, but she's an intuitive counsellor, a metaphysical teacher, and you an organizer of an introduction to metaphysics meetup that has over three members and you invite experts in the field of metaphysics to present online but will you take me back to the beginning and would you explain what metaphysics is
0: <laughs> absolutely i'll be honored to thank you um okay basically people hear so many definitions but metaphysics is really outside the physical metaphysics can be anything from psychic to astrology to tarot i think it's just a wide category um i think when people think of metaphysics they think of the word psychic but in terms of an actual definition i think there's a large large group that falls into that if that makes any sense
1: Absolutely, I, I understand it's a very broad term. Uh, I, I alluded to clear audio before. First of all, tell me if I'm pronouncing that wrong, and second, would you explain what that is and why I might be a little bit nervous
0: about you hearing my voice for the first time? <laughs> okay, first of all, you're pronouncing it correctly, and Clara. Yeah, you're pronouncing it great, um, clear audio. Simply means that when I get messages, I hear them. Like if I'm talking to someone, it's almost like I'll like remember think of your conversation you've with somebody and how you just can remember their voice. It's like that. So it's not that I'm getting anything off of your voice, but if I were giving you a reading, I'd get a message about you and I would hear it. So it's one of the different there. ways of getting what? messages. <laughs>
1: nervous i thought am i going to be interpreted as like oh gosh no
0: no no oh, it's so you know honestly no nah, don't be nervous <laughs> there's nothing to do i don't hear your voice and go okay now i know this about her <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah it's so natural and un- unthreatening and everybody's got at least one gift in mine is that i hear it i'm so clear audience no nah, don't be nervous you've got a great voice
1: so do you when did you realize you you, when did you feel a call towards metaphysics and and what, what what were the first steps
0: you took okay that's a great question um when I was 25 I was working in a health food restaurant on Collins Avenue in Miami Beach called the Health Hut and one of the girls there named Kristen had a mother who was a medium which meant she taught both sides, medium between the physical and the spiritual. And um there's a group called Spiritual Fellowship Frontiers. And they were having a convention that weekend and I went and one of the readers, one of the speakers there named Clem, was talking about things I had no idea. I had no idea what any of this was, but he said, you know, people only use 10% of their minds. The rest is spiritual and that was the key that just turned me on. I thought, wow, people only use 10% of their minds. Imagine the possibilities. And I started taking classes. And um, basically that's when it all started. I ended up getting a lot of different readings I still have to do to this day and took many, many classes and everything from tarot to just psychic development to philosophy of spirituality. So I guess it was when I was about 25, Erin. I'd say that's when it all started. And along the way, you came to believe
1: that everybody ha- is a little bit psychic. Would you tell me about
0: I'd love to. Um, everybody is psychic. Really, absolutely. Um, everybody's got a gift. Um, there are four basic ones. One is clear audience, which we spoke about, which is clear hearing. One is clairvoyant where you see it, one is clear cognizant, which you just know, and one is clear sentient when you feel it. Absolutely, everybody has a gift. Like, um, when you get your messages, you probably just know it, um, and that means you're probably clear cognizant. And the thing is, each has an advantage and each has a disadvantage, um, but like clear cognizant, it's so fast that you don't realize it's you, but absolutely everybody's got it, and I love nothing more than helping them find it, but you can tune into yourself also, Um, so when you get a message, when you get a feeling, do you just know it, or do you, Erin, or do you just kind of get a feeling, like this is, I'm just feeling this.
1: I'll be talking to somebody, and I'll suddenly just know
0: something, Okay, you're clear cognizant then. Isn't that cool? It's just, you're just getting it. And see, that's your gift. And so everybody's got it. And it's so simple. Everybody's got it. It's even a case where you're walking down the street and you'll get a feeling to turn here or turn there. Yeah. So see, that's how it works.
1: Speaking of finding, Kadara, you can find her on, now I'm going to spell this because you pronounce your differently
0: than it's spelled. No, you're pronouncing it right. You're pronouncing it great. You're pronouncing it right. You're pronouncing, right. pronouncing Kandara right. You're doing great. Oh,
1: yeah. fantastic. I misheard, I totally misheard. So Kandara Laurel.com, and that's K-E-N-D-A-R-A-Laurel, L-A-U-R-E-L dot If you're the sort of person who takes in information orally, otherwise, I Google the most popular name of the website, which is Sunflower wisdom. I actually wondered if Kindara was a chosen name.
0: Absolutely. It's my spiritual name. It's my legal spiritual name. Um, So in the meetup, which you mentioned about, um, I have different people come and speak and about four or five years ago, I had a woman named Marilyn Harper who channeled and channeled is when you're opening up and letting other energy come in. It's not Session, you're totally conscious and a lot of times it's your higher self or it could be spirits but Marilyn Harper who channeled this group soul called Adironda said that in a previous life I had been called Kendara and that went back to my Lemurian incarnation and I'd always loved I'd always loved the name Kendra and so I just kept Freda which was my name before Kendara and I said one day couple of years later, I said, so can I just use the name Kendara and keep Freda? And she said, nope, because Kendara is your spiritual name. And if you don't change it, it's not going to happen. And so in about three or four years ago, I changed it legally. So it's my chosen name.
1: Well, it's beautiful and it's got a great story. Thank you. Where did the
0: name Sunflower Wisdom come from? Oh.
1: Great question.
0: I was hoping you'd ask me. Um, I am a spiritualist. Um, we talk to dead people. I mean, to put in a nutshell, we believe there's spirits on the other side. And the flower of the spiritualist is a sunflower. In 1926, it occurred. Now spiritualism is much older. It started in England. But in 1926, the sunflower became the flower of the spiritualist. And the saying goes, as the sunflower turns its head towards wisdom, the spiritualist turns their head towards the sun. And so I just made a point of putting sunflowers on every single thing that I, like my business cards and my website. And that's how I got it.
1: I wonder if seasonal affective disorder is a lack
0: of spiritualism. Because I'm always happy on. With- I don't think so, but it might be. So you're happier when it's sunny out?
1: Uh, yeah, it hits me like a shot of whiskey. So
0: <laughs> it just really occurred to me that
1: maybe I like,
0: maybe I'm just it happy. might just be the case. And that would really explain a lot of things for a lot of people. <laughs> I love that. I'm gonna am yeah. never gonna think of spiritualism the same. am I'm, I'm always gonna. I'm always going to add S.A.D. after that. Um, anyway.
1: <laughs> oh, well, meanwhile, while I'm planting sunflowers, one <laughs> what was fascinating was that linking back to the fact that everybody does have an inner knowing, which I, I actually think a lot of it is, in my case, I, I put it down to observation, to hypervigilance, to just being a very... Uh, a a child that was very, very aware of what was going on around me and reading micro expressions, I much prefer the thought that I actually am connected to something bigger. But you teach intuitive tarot.
0: Would you tell me about that? I'd love to. Um, Tarot is still basic tarot, but intuitive because you're learning to trust your intuition. I have been doing tarot for as long as I've been doing metaphysics. And I still don't know the meanings of all the cards. So whenever I'm doing a class, I have to take out my notes and look at them. But it's, it's a thing where you do want to know the basic meanings, but let's say you saw a lot of swords in a reading. That would probably mean there was a lot of strife going on. Or if you saw wands, a lot of change. If you saw cups, a lot of love. And if you saw pentacles, a lot of money. So it's. You're learning the basic tarot and doing a lot of practice, but it's trusting your intuition. So one of my favorite things to ask people when they're doing the class is, what do you feel rather than what do you think? So it's absolutely using your intuition and just using the tarot cards as a tool. But anything, Erin, absolutely any tool which allows you to tune in is intuitive. Does that make sense? Does mm-hmm. that answer the question? Yeah, anything can be a turning fork, really, can't it? Absolutely. It totally can, and it's great. But um, intuitive tarot is fun because you're trusting your intuition and using the tarot, which is wonderful.
1: Kendara teaches intuitive tarot. She does this amazing six weeks class, six-week class where you'll learn about the basic meanings, which was the one for money again. I'm sorry? Didn't you say one was for money? Was it
0: pentacles? Oh, my, yeah. Pentacles are the wheels with the star on it. Those are the ones for money. Well, okay. I'll hit straight for those cards. <laughs> I'll give you a reading and make sure the pentacles come up. No, I am kidding on that one. I was so of Whatever gifts I've got.
1: <laughs> Blackjack. Oh, she teaches major and minor arcana layout colors and numbers. That sounds like a fantastic class. Now you're based in... Denver. I want to know how you ended up in Denver. I don't know if there's a lot of sunflowers down
0: there. <laughs> Actually, there are. They are having a. They are having so many sunflowers right now, but that really had nothing to do with me coming out here. Um, I started my studies in Florida, and I moved to Denver about 30 years ago. I'd gone to um, CU Boulder, and I moved to Denver, and I just absolutely loved it. And when I moved here, I just started looking for teachers and connecting with centers and started reading. So I'd say, um, originally, if you want to go back to the beginning, which I just blocked, I was married for a very, very short time, and we moved to Colorado, and they went their separate ways, and I went mine. I've just never left Colorado because it's wonderful, just the best place in the world, and including the sunflowers.
1: Well, I know you can be found at the Shining Lotus Metaphysical Bookstore, but for those of us who aren't in Denver, you are able to work online. You're able to work
0: virtually. Absolutely. I can do Zoom readings. Uh I do a lot of, and I can also do phone readings. And, you know, honestly, there is no difference whatsoever because the energy is the same. The energy is completely the same. In fact, sometimes they're less distractions. So yeah, totally. Uh
1: I find that with the audio podcasts, I'm, it, it's easier to listen. There's not so much. To yeah.
0: you're, you're so right. And you're not distracted. And it's really interesting because at my bookstore, um, which isn't my bookstore, but the one I work at, um, every once in a while, instead of doing a reading in person, they'll say, can you do a phone reading? And I always think, oh, all right. I don't say that. But the minute I start doing this, yeah, this is great. Because like you said, there are no distractions.
1: Mm, i i absolutely agree I find I can listen uh deeper that way speaking of uh, back to my pentacles you also <laughs> manifestation through belief shifting class i am all about manifestation i am great at
0: manifesting. i'll bet you are isn't it the best thing in the world i mean seriously <laughs> it's it's yeah I mean <laughs> manifestation is where it is at <laughs>
1: You go to Kendall's, uh, sorry, Kendara's, I was combining the two of your name. When you combine, when you can't, <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> you find the link to her classes. Because uh, one of the things about it is it's important to recognize and replace limiting self-defeating beliefs. Is that right?
0: Absolutely. Uh, that's really probably, that and the I Ching are my specialties. I love teaching belief shifting. Are you familiar with Abraham Hicks? Oh, I've I've many of my friends. Amazing stuff, amazing, and you know it's all about the feeling. It so the manifestation thing honestly is removing anything that's blocking you. Often beliefs starting back in childhood. Erin, there's a man named Gay Hendricks who wrote a book called The Big Leap. Have you heard of it? Yes, yes, yes. And in it he talks. In it he talks about um. How okay? So he coached executives, and found out almost invariably they self sabotage for one of four reasons. Going back to childhood, and one is fear of outshining, one is fear of abandonment, one is this too much work, and one is you're fundamentally flawed. So a lot of times people create or hang on to some belief like, oh, I. Never, never going to be rich or or people like me don't have good luck. And you can catch your language. You can catch what you're saying. So when we do that, belief shifting, it's a case of finding a a thought that's causing the person stress and then just changing. It also goes back to Byron Katie. But, yeah, um, I love doing that. Um, I was after COVID, when we had COVID, the bookstore wasn't open for a while. And then I went back, I think it was about eight months. I went back and I found out I wasn't doing well. I wasn't getting readings and people would come in and they'd say something, are you the reader? I'd go, "Uh uh-huh. I wouldn't even say, yeah, would you like a reader? I'd go, "Uh uh-huh. And then finally I realized that I was holding myself back a lot and I couldn't figure out why. And then I realized I was holding myself back because I just was doubting myself more than I needed to. And at that moment, or in a couple of moments, I decided to change it. So now every, thir- I work in the bookstore on Friday. Every single Thursday night, I will say, tomorrow I'm gonna get between four and six readings. And when I'm at the store, anytime the phone rings, I will say out loud, tell them I'm here till six. Even if the phone call isn't for me, and it shifts things, it, as you know, it shifts things. Just seeing it happening. It's amazing. Words are
1: so powerful. Oh my gosh, they are for sure. Will you tell me about the i ching? I'm so glad you see i ching because I was gonna say i ching. So- I
0: I'm glad you still know what you know. <laughs> I would. I love it. I it's the only reading I give myself. The the term comes and it's spelled i, c h i n g. Um, the term comes from e like change, like a lizard and Qing, which is a term applied to all the ancient Chinese classics. It's over 3,000 years old and Confucius used it, but he didn't start it. It was started by King Wen and his nephew, the Duke of Chao, who downloaded it. There are three versions of it. There's a Chinese, a Tibetan, and a Taoist. So in 1926, Sir Richard Wilhelm, a German Christian missionary who had lived in China, brought the I Ching back to Germany in the way the Chinese used it. And in 1949, the famous psychologist wrote the preface to the book and he called it a book for lovers of self wisdom. Confucius is supposed to have said at age 70, if I had 70 years left, I'd use it doing the I Ching. Now let's talk about the I Ching. I got into it when I was working at a metaphysical store in Denver called Crystal Light. And one of the readers there, a man named Michael Martin, kept talking about Howard. And um, Howard turned out to be Howard Badhand, who was a medicine man of the Lakota Sioux Reservation. um, He came to Denver once a month, and he and Michael would go out to dinner and study the I Ching. And Michael said, do you want to meet Howard? I was in I really didn't know if I wanted to and I did a reading on it for myself and um, came up, yeah, go for it. So we went to pick up Howard and this little man, shorter than me and I'm 5'3", this little man with long gray braids and a bandana around his head came out of the place he was staying at and he took my hand in his and he said, you're very intuitive. You need to watch how you use it. And then he said, I teach. And once a month, for nine months, he and Michael and I would go to his house, Michael's place, and study. So basically, with I Ching, there are 64 six-lined figures called hexagrams. And each one relates to a way of being. And so when you ask a question, heads count as Three and Tailsdown is two, and you're not going to be tested on this, but you throw the coins you come up with a six-lined figure, and it is mind-blowing. You're becoming your own reader. So, I was reading for a young woman earlier today, and she was asking about a relationship. And so much of the Yunsheng is based, and almost any type of reading, Erin, is based on how you ask the question. So we ask the question, what is the most appropriate course of action for her regarding her relationship? Not, should she stay in the relationship? Should she leave? It's just let her know and lets you know what to watch out for. It's absolutely mind-blowing because when you're throwing the coins, you can't make them fall in a certain way. So in a nutshell, it's becoming your own reader, becoming your own psychic. It is. So accurate that I'm still learning about it, and I think I'll continue the rest of my life. My mission in life is to <laughs> literally get everybody to meditate and teach them all the I Ching. Then I'll die a happy woman.
1: <laughs> well that was a wonderful mission to have. Did she leave the person? Did the relationship stay? What happened? I'm sorry. Well, I was just wondering what did what did the coins tell her?
0: Oh, okay, well, it, it, what it said was oh, it was amazing. What it said is withdrawal is a very appropriate thing at this time. It totally pointed to the and she knew it. She even said in the beginning, she said, you know, she said, I know that this isn't a good relationship for me, but I'm very, very stubborn. And they've been dating for a long time. And then he ghosted her two years ago. And um, and then my gaze came through and said, just a little bit of Kindara being psycho. They said, he's very manipulative but there wasn't anything that said they should stay in the relationship um it was totally incredible and so spot on so we got all done i said okay so um what do you think this is saying to you and she said that neither one of us are gaining anything from this but isn't that amazing see because it's so amazing Aaron is there's 64 hexagrams and she totally gets the one that literally is called retreat so it was it's a really really wonderful way to get answers.
1: i was thinking back to how you were saying that everybody is ha, ha, is can access that intuition and you know damn well that when you make a choice if it's a yes or a no there's that immediate gut feeling.
0: mhm it's totally it that's totally your psychic gift totally yeah you can tell in your gut I really think that nine out of ten times, Aaron, if people trusted the messages they got, they wouldn't go to readers as much as they do. And I, I'm glad they go to readers. You know, I'm glad they go to psychics. But honestly, you've got the answers you need nine out of ten times. But mm-hmm.
1: we need readers to validate, to confirm, to...
0: Oh, yeah, and I like being a reader. I would never want people to never go to us anymore and get all the answers. That was kind of as I put myself out of business. But, no, honestly, um, it's such a gift to be able to do this.
1: Yes, but as you said, you've got another what, as Confucius said, you're going to spend the next 70 years, uh, you know, telling, uh, teaching people about the e and and you do offer classes. Uh, You you can... uh, Kandara will help you learn to read the Ching in one day, which is absolutely phenomenal. One day to learn a skill that you can use for your entire life to help you make decisions.
0: It's phenomenal.
1: And meditation. You also uh, host or, or coordinate meditation classes. Do you have a particular style of meditation?
0: I do. I do. Tell me more. Uh, it's called mindful meditation. And I it's not original, but I don't know where I learned it. Um, I think I learned it from a book um, by a woman named Pima Children. Have you heard of her? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Amazing woman. And she's talking about this meditation where I like to do it. You just basically sit down and you put your hands up, palms up. And if you put your tongue very lightly on the roof of your mouth where the teeth and the soft palate meet, that stimulates your pineal gland which increases your intuition. Isn't that cool? So cool. I'm putting my tongue there right now. Yeah, do it right now, this minute. I Put your feet flat on the ground and put your palms up. And now here's the thing. You can close your eyes or you can gaze at the floor in front of your legs. Either or. Sometimes when I'm meditating, I'll close my eyes and sometimes I will keep them open. And you imagine roots growing out of your feet and you breathe in through your nose for a count of five, and you hold it for a count of five. And as you get out, as you blow out, you silently in your head say, breathing. And then you breathe in again, and you hold it. And as you blow out, you silently say the word breathing. Now, if a thought comes in your mind, just watch it go out. You're in a body, so it's impossible to keep your mind blank. If you're more of an artistic person than a person of words, you can envision a um, lotus instead of having to say the word breathing or just a picture, but it's very restful and you can do it anywhere. And that's a technique I just love to use. Um, I mean, but you know, honestly, one size does not fit all, But I like that because you could even be, I used to work on the phones a lot and you can just be sitting on the phones in between calls, you can do it because nobody even knows what you're doing. Thank you for asking that. That's a great question.
1: Oh, that that is so relaxing and peaceful. I was visualizing that lotus and my Mm -hmm. becoming tree roots and it was beautiful. So listening to this podcast, you also get a meditation exercise. Yeah, see, you get it all. Hey, I wanted to ask you, on October the 13th, we're recording this on on September 29th, I hope it'll get out in time, but on October 13th, you are reciting a Hawaiian healing prayer 108 times. Is that this year? We do it every month. Would you you tell me more about it and why 108? I'd
0: love to tell you. I'm so glad you asked. Um, One of the speakers in my group, Was, and I say was because she transitioned about a month ago, a woman named Shirley Ballstock. And one day she was speaking at my group and she said, we need to do something to bring the consciousness up. And there's a Hawaiian prayer called the Hopopono. And it's a prayer for self-correction. And it's got just four lines. I'm sorry. I love you. Please forgive me thank you. Um, There are a lot of different reasons it could be 108, but um, there are 108 mala beads. It also goes with the channels in your heart. Um, There are just a lot of different reasons. I'm not really sure, but I like to go with the thought that there are 108 mala beads. And the mala beads are the necklaces with the beads on them, and you just hold one each time. So, And you keep repeating it. So what we do is we a woman named Gail Fowler and myself do it. And we invite people to come in from my group and we mute the thing and one of us reads it. And Aaron, it's the most incredible thing in the world because you start out by maybe thinking of, okay, I need to forgive myself. And then you think of someone else you need to forgive. And then you think of the world, but in, And it's each person's experience is incredibly different, but it's powerful, absolutely powerful. So in answer to your question, I always say it's 108 malas, but it also has a lot to do with the solar system. It's just so many. In fact, let me check because the nice thing about doing everything online is that you can just go to your papers and see um, times four but basic it's it's wonderful and yeah that's the next time we'll be doing it and it's denver colorado um where we do it but because we're in colorado um we also have people from all over the country coming in so it's different times like what time is it where you're at
1: Mm, i am seattle so it is we're an hour
0: behind yeah you you are an hour behind us absolutely so um yeah it's amazing to me how we can talk all over i don't think i really answered your question on the 108 but i always say because one hundred 108 miles but there's so much more to it and it's just a wonderful wonderful thing of correction
1: I, it, it still blows me away that I can be meditating with people all over the world at the same time. Different time zones. Different oh, I know. I mean, it's, it's tomorrow, but we can still all be meditating in the same moment, which is quite phenomenal.
0: Oh, my gosh. It is absolutely incredible. I recently hooked up with another group and called Awkwardly Zen, and she meets in 13 states. So we're doing the meetups, you're meditating with people all over. It's it's wonderful. It's just absolutely wonderful. I think that's why you can easily do readings even when the person isn't there.
1: Exactly. Thank you, Zoom, for allowing us to expand our metaphysical life.
0: Oh, thank hey, you for asking me.
1: Oh, speaking of, I wanted to circle back up. I want to talk to you about gratitude. But before I do, we were talking about I'm sorry. On your website is a beautiful buddhist prayer of forgiveness and i'm going to read it out so bear with me if i have harmed anyone in any way either knowingly or unknowingly through my own confusions i ask their forgiveness if anyone has harmed me in any way either knowingly or unknowingly through their own confusion i forgive them and if there is a situation i am not yet ready to forgive i forgive myself for that for in all ways that I harm myself, negate, doubt, belittle myself, judge, or be unkind to myself through my own confusions, I forgive myself. Isn't confusions a beautiful word?
0: It's absolutely gorgeous. It, I love it. It explains, it sort of gives us how little we know and that it's not us. It's just our not understanding. It. That's an amazing word. I was... I was just struck by that poem. I thought it was wonderful. Um,
1: And why is it so important to forgive
0: ourselves? Because if you don't forgive yourself, you're denying yourself. Um, You know, you're doing the best you can, seriously. And you've got to give yourself the space and the acceptance and the love that you deserve. Because without that, really not going to see that in anybody else. I did a talk at church on Sunday about authentic relationships. And a large part of it was the relationship with yourself. If you don't forgive yourself, if you don't love yourself and not love like, Oh, I just love me. But if you don't, you're not giving yourself what you deserve. And you're almost denying your spirituality. And I mean, your connection with spirit. I don't, Like the term spiritual. So it's so important to forgive yourself and cut yourself into slack because you're doing the best you can. Even when you're not doing the best you can, you're doing the best you can, if that makes sense. So we need to not be so hard on ourselves. I think I really do.
1: It's a lot easier to forgive people when you realize they're just confused. And I'm confused. A psychic friend of mine says it's all smoke and mirrors.
0: I love that. Your friends, I agree with your friend. It totally, totally is. And by just, you know, getting rid of the worry about it, it works beautifully. And the thing is, Karen, by just tuning into your feelings and going with your intuition, the quiet knowing part, rather than the ego that feels like you need to do something, it all falls into place.
1: Oh. Speaking of things falling into place, things fall into place when I'm in gratitude. And mm-hmm. I, I think gratitude is important to you, too, going by some of your
0: posts. Oh, my gosh. Gratitude to me is the basis of everything else. Um, when about 10 years ago, I reconnected with my ex-sister-in-law through my niece. I'd always liked her, but we really lost track of each other. And I connected with her on Facebook. Um And she said that until Thanksgiving, which was about a month from then because it was Halloween, she said, until Thanksgiving, every day I'm going to write down something I'm thankful for and post it. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to do that, too. And sometimes it was easy. Sometimes I one thing was not enough. Other times it was like, okay, I'm really happy that these vegetables that I didn't know I had that have been in my refrigerator for two weeks are still good. But I found more and more things to look for. And people started contacting me and telling me they were looking for them. And then they started doing them. And here it is almost 10 years later, and I'm still doing it. And then what I also do every morning when I get up is I write down three things that I'm thankful for. Gratitude is the best way to manifest, bar none. Because it's your way of saying more, please. And you're raising your vibration. So I love, love gratitude. I'm grateful for gratitude. And yes, <laughs> 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 which is wonderful. I, are, you still, are you still offering Reiki? Um, you know, I never did offer Reiki, but that's a great question. Well, I do Reiki on people, but I don't teach it. So here's my story with Reiki. For my 50th birthday, I took Reiki three master teacher, and I didn't do it. I started channeling and I liked it so much. I did it two more times. So I use the Reiki energy and I do teach healing classes, but I use the Reiki energy to connect with my intuition. So I do do Reiki, but I'm not primarily a Reiki practitioner like some other people are, but it's all the same energy. And it's so neat because when I'm doing a class on healing, I'll have the person hold out their hand and I'll put my hand, not right next to theirs, but a couple inches apart. I'll go, okay, take your energy and push it out and they can feel it really, it's hard. But then I say to them, okay, now feel the energy coming from behind your hand and through you. And it's an entirely different energy.
1: I'm feeling energy. I'm I'm doing it my own thought experiment while you're talking. I'm. Watching.
0: Oh, I'm glad you are. But isn't that amazing? Because Reiki just basically means the energy, and it's um broken down. It's ki or chi, and it's Ray, which is the life force. So it's wonderful stuff. Wonderful.
1: I I know you you teach people how to self heal, which is one of the classes that you offer as well. But I've just realized. I haven't asked you anything about clothing. I'm supposed to sneak that oh, in. please ask me about clothing. I, I would ask about clothing. Do you use your intuition when you get dressed? Do you ask the, the I Ching what to wear? Do you flip over tarot? Oh,
0: my God, that's a great question. Okay, here's the deal. I get up, and part of it's based on whether I've done laundry or not, which I know does not go with your talk, but it does. And I will have an idea about what I want to wear. I really will. And then I take a shower, and it's like, nope. So it's intuitive. It's like, I want to wear something. I'll base it a little bit sometimes on what I'm doing. For instance, if I'm going out, I'll probably try to look a little better. Um, I like very, very comfortable clothes. I like the classics. I like basics. I I just really do. I'm built for comfort, but I like to look nice.
1: Aren't you supposed to be wafting around in a caftan with a whole lot of crystals?
0: No, 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 I'm not. I work really hard not to do that. <laughs> Oh my gosh, no! Um, I do wear—I do have a lot of crystals, but no, no caftan. Basically, jeans in it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know you lecture on gemstones and crystals, so I was just, you know, assuming there you were.
0: Well, oh so no, no, they're fascinating. Um, well, yeah. I should probably go get a caftan now, and um, I, uh, think I need to.
1: You're—you're you're welcome to be a practical psychic. There's nothing wrong with jeans. Thank you. <laughs> the, the crystals on the table. <laughs>
0: Oh, I love it. I could change my name to the practical psychic. I love it.
1: (laughs) You might might come for a walk with me when I, because I might have to take the dog off the bed. Would you tell me about how we can self
0: heal? Absolutely. I'm just taking you for a walk. Oh, I'm loving these questions. (laughs) Okay. So basically self healing, healing starts within the idea of healing is to see yourself as healed. Now here's a big thought on it. Our Now, let me digress and say, I still believe in doctors. You know, I'm not saying this is instead of, but I also feel that if you're feeling good, if you're in a good spot, the healing is much faster. So I take this wonderful class on Tuesday nights and it's by an amazing woman named Jane Kopp. And right now the class is called infrastructure and how we're redoing things. And the part we're working on now is rewriting your past and so this is very much based into the self-healing because anytime somebody gets a stressful thought you've got between 90 and 20 90 and 120 seconds Aaron, before it becomes integrated and before you start worrying and it starts building up so the minute this happens the minute you catch yourself getting into a state of worry replace it with a positive thought have in your mind a list of positive memories that you've got. And by doing that, you're changing the energy. The thing about the self-healing is to just allow yourself to trust what you're getting and allow yourself to do everything that you can to be in as good a spot as you can. And give yourself permission to heal. Give yourself permission to do it. That's absolutely important. So it's a thing that you're getting assistance from spirit. But I think it's basically, I would say it's allowing, if that makes sense.
1: Mm, Completely. Uh, I'm I'm getting a third foot surgery next week and I I will heal well. You will. You will heal. I will heal well. I, I heal well. I recover well. I know I will heal well. Make a
0: suggestion rather mm-hmm. than I will I am healed that doesn't like you've already got it I am healed did you ever uh read Louise Hay I love Louise Hay isn't she amazing oh my uh, god yeah. can heal your life she's incredible love Louise Hay mm, she really
1: was the great godmother of uh of self-help I think
0: oh I think she totally totally was just fantastic stuff I think you
1: and I have same uh, bookshelf, to be honest. A lot of the books were, I think you and I would enjoy browsing each other's shelves. No,
0: why don't you come to Denver and visit me?
1: No. <laughs> Well, I will just for the sunflowers. Though I don't know if you've got so many marketing, business, sales, entrepreneurial books on yours, or or I don't know if you have the complete works of Pride and Prejudice and Jane Austen. But apart oh, from oh, I
0: don't, I don't, and you probably don't have ten books on the each thing, do you?
1: <laughs> no, which means okay, so we're about even.
0: <laughs> okay, I totally segue. That's that's what happens
1: when you're distracted by a dog. I really wanted to say. Happy birthday for yesterday!
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you! It was a wonderful birthday. When is yours? Oh, I'm October twentieth. Oh, well, happy birthday early! Why?
1: Thank you, but I want to hear about your birthday list.
0: Oh my god, I love that! I'm you are. I know you know this, but you ask the best question. Oh. So every single birthday and every single New Year's Eve, I do a list of three things I've accomplished in the year and three things I intend to manifest for the upcoming year. And I'm going to see if I can find my birthday list because mm,
1: I want to know what you're going to manifest.
0: Oh, I can't wait to tell you. All I need to do is find it. Let's go Um Okay, well, one of the things I'm going to manifest is a deeper connection with spirit. It's good as it is, but it cannot be, it can't be too good. It just, it's every, it's a basis for everything I do. Another thing I'm going to manifest is great, great prosperity on all levels. And the other one I think is, it's, where is it? I'm doing it right now. It's coming up, better come up. It's on my website and of course I'm not finding it, but if I leave this picture, I'm not, oh, I know what I'm gonna do, bear with me. A moment of, here we go. I'm going into another window and here is my birthday list. Okay, so three things I intend to accomplish this coming year are further strengthen my connection to and relationship with spirit, develop new classes and skills to become a better teacher and reader and experience increased abundance in all ways and i just really like that you know you have to get part of the passive feeling of deserving going i can ask for increased abundance if i want and this list just allows me to kind of put things in order last year i my metaphysics Meetup grew to 3,285 members. I made a lot of new friends and I connected with spirit. But it's a great practice because it allows you to really reassess and prioritize.
1: I encourage everybody who's listening, think of three things you're grateful for for the last year and three things you want to manifest in the next year. I'm going to be
0: manifesting sunshine. I love it. I love it. That's a really good thing to manifest. Do you get very much sunshine where you're at? i'm in seattle <laughs> oh, yeah, i know what a question i you know i knew that but i thought i would ask often. i've always wanted to go to seattle supposed to be in a well, <laughs> you're just going to need to manifest sunshine Erin. that's yeah. always
1: in, come in summer because seattle in summer is absolutely glorious and i will send you a photo of the lake that's out my window please
0: do i'd love to see it <laughs> I would love to see it. It's raining a lot here today, though, if that makes you feel any better.
1: Well, it's obviously in sympathy with us. Oh, it is.
0: It is. It's a connection here.
1: <laughs> Make sure you go to Kendara's amazing site, Sunflower Wisdom. It is the name of her of her uh, of her umbrella that she practices all these amazing things under. Uh, but her, her website is actually Kendara Laurel.com. And you can also connect with her on uh, YouTube. She's got her own YouTube videos that you can watch. So you can have her energy that way as well. Thank you so much for your time.
0: I want to thank you. You're amazing. This has been wonderful. Just Uh wonderful.
1: Right back at you. And I apologize for the distraction of the French Bulldog.
0: No, no. French Bulldogs are my absolute favorite dog in the world. I'm a huge animal lover. What's what's its name? Her
1: name is Jewel. Do you want me to sing you the French Bulldog birthday song for yesterday? Oh, my God, please, <laughs> do. That'll make my day. <laughs> I've never done this on a podcast before, but why not? I am but a wee little bulldog. Oh, bite, but not much bite. But put down the cake and all oh, big mistake, There won't be a crumb left in sight. So take it
0: from me. What makes you happy? And do your birthday up right. Woof! Oh my God, that's the best, best <laughs> song I've ever, ever heard. Thank you. You made my day.
1: <laughs> that's the first time I've ever done that on a podcast. And my which is my friends are slightly
0: sick of it. So there you go. I've well, there it. you go. I loved, <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Because I could just picture a little French bulldog singing.
1: She's <laughs> giving me a very baleful look. She's saying it's time for dinner. Thank oh, you. Mar-
0: very- Thank you so much. It's been amazing.
1: I'll see you again soon. Bye. I look
0: forward to it.
1: Goodbye.